0: Hello, this is Ronnie, and you're listening to what I hope is the first of many more Ronnie's awesome List podcasts. Today, I'm speaking with Emmy-nominated filmmaker, speaker, and Webby Awards founder Tiffany Schlein. Tiffany is well known for combining her short films with a day of interactive dialogue, reaching millions across the world during a global event called Character Day on Wednesday, September 26th. Tiffany has had so many more achievements that I could list, so I couldn't imagine a better person to kick off my foray into the podcast world than Tiffany. Anyway, I now bring you Tiffany Schlein. I'm really excited to to talk to you because we first met when you were creating The Tribe, I think. Oh my gosh. Um, the girls were in ballet class together that with Miss Mia, right. and that's how we first met. But um, And I think that this was your first step into filmmaking that went beyond just the film, sort of more of a discussion. Well,
1: I know, I was running the Webby Awards and the younger George W. Bush one became president and the first thing he did was take away international family planning funding. It's my first time as an adult, I got very angry, something a politician did. So I approached Planned Parenthood and I said, let me make a short film for you uh, about reproductive choice and I'm gonna combine it with some web action tools. So that really counts as my first one, and that one got in, that was called Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. And that got into Sundance. And that was like this light bulb moment for me where I was like, I want to be a mom. I, I want to make movies again, because I had made movies before the Webby's, combined with everything I had learned from the Web. On the Web, you couldn't really show films at that point. So you are correct. By, that, by the time that I sold the Webby Awards, I started a film studio called the Moxie Institute, and the tribe was like my first official project of the film studio where we raised money for a discussion kit for the film and then took it out. So you are right. But like life that reproductive rights film was almost like my one step out where I realized, okay, this was the direction
0: I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to talk to you about character day. Okay. Um, so let's start with like your elevator pitch for character day. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, Character Day is a global day of film discussion and action where everyone around the world for one day is going to talk about the latest research and ideas about developing one's character. So neuroscience and social science research on meaning and purpose and empathy and courage and social responsibility and all of those issues that make up one's character. And um, it's in its fifth year. The fifth annual Character Day will be September 26th. And it's all free. Um, we get funding from foundations. And um, and it's been this wonderful thing. We had uh, last year 133,000 groups sign up to host it. So it's at schools and corporations and libraries and wherever you are. Big, big events, small events, we don't care. We just think in everyone's very busy lives, in our 24-7 world, where certainly there's a lot of issues around character that come up in the news all the time. And it'd be really good to just talk about... What does that mean today? What did it mean 3,000 years ago from the Greeks? Um, And what's the latest research? Because there's all this amazing research we've never had before about the positive effects of things like practicing gratitude or how to build the empathy muscle or all of these things that we intuitively knew, I think, but now there's a lot of research to back it up and, and specific practices you can do to develop it in
0: yourself. It seems to have been a very big shift in attitude, whether it's our current political climate yeah. and oh, other yeah. places all across the globe. Has there ever been any kind of discussion that's caused conflict hmm. in the past, and is there a potential now that you might be concerned about? Do you know what I mean? Well,
1: let's say we started character day when Obama was in office. And he was such an exemplar of good character. Whatever anyone has to, you know, wherever you fall on the political spectrum, I mean, this guy, good marriage, good father, good character. I'm so glad that my daughters grew up mostly with Obama as president. But we really try with most of our global days and any topic to bring people together. There's so much divisive media. So I'm always trying to present ideas that will bring people together. So my feature documentary was called Connected, and I looked at what are the things that connect us. And Character Day is no matter where you stand politically, what religion you are, whether you're an atheist, whatever, there are fundamental ideas that are the building blocks of a good society about what we believe is kind, what is good, what you should work on, um, what is a meaningful life, how do you contribute to society. Those things, I think, connect all the different religions and and even if you don't believe. And so um, we made a film last year for Character Day called 30,000 Days. We usually premiere a film on the global day. So I've had my films premiere at film festivals and tele- whatever it is. And this is, we're gonna give everyone, their event's gonna premiere our film all at once. So the film was 30,000 days and it, that's all about that you have an average life expectancy is around 82 years and that means you have about 30,000 days to live. And the question we ask is, how are you going to spend your 30,000 days? And we looked at ideas around meaning and purpose and living a life that matters from all these different philosophies. And they've really come down to the same things. So it's good to remember those as divisive as our world seems right now.
0: Um, so why one day?
1: Well, I think this comes back to even doing the Webby Awards. Is there, there's, there's great power in everyone doing something at the same time everyone feeling something the same day. Um, and I think it actually stems back to me growing up in Mo Valley and going to the movies every Sunday night um, and using film as a way to discuss the meaning of life and virtues and ideas. And it was this one, con- you know, the, nothing replaces the power of being in a movie theater. Nothing replaces the power of discussing it afterwards. So in a lot of ways, Character Day and these global days, we also do a, uh, one called 50-50 Day about gender equity. They're all about when everyone does something on the same day, I mean, I'm sure people that did the march on the same day in DC, like it's so powerful to do something at the same time. So, you know, to take a subject like character, which is not like this sexy subject, we're like, this is important. It, let's, let's turn off the news cycle and say, what does it mean to be a good person? What does it mean to live a life that matters? Non-denominationally strip it away from all the things that divide people and do it on one day and it's actually very fun because knowing that things are happening in Kenya and China and the United States and England all on the same day and the social media we have a hashtag cultivating character that kind of unites them and it's very exciting I think everyone at their core wants to be part of something bigger than themselves and when you do something on one day to me it it's the best of humanity when I saw people marching all over the world when people come together on one day it's so powerful you know, even for a 50-50 day, which is, you know, about the importance of getting to gender equity. Our whole concept is let's bring the change where it needs to happen. So you've been on the streets, but let's have an event at your company, at your school, at your home, because that's where the real work needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And so we show, let you you know, you'll show a film, we, have, we give you free printed discussion materials and a poster that people keep up year round. So it's really about bringing the change where it needs to happen. And we actually have gotten a lot of requests and we're you know about bringing content more year-round, so um, we may do that funding contingent, but um, but there is there's something exciting about doing something on mass.
0: Well, you know what I find fascinating is that you when you say it's free, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know, obviously, you're making an income. You know, there's mm-hmm. some that you are able to support, and there's all these different um, traditional businesses. They're flailing, you know, mm-hmm. journalism. Uh, music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like they're not embracing this technology as seamlessly as I, yeah. you would hope. And Well, yeah,
1: it's interesting. I mean, I... Like, how would you apply your model to yeah. something like that? Well, I have been into computers before there was the web. I was super interested in technology as a way to spreading ideas and connecting people. Actually, when I was in Redwood High School, In 1987, I co-wrote a proposal called Uniting Nations in Telecommunications and Software. This is way before the web, but the concept was, could computers unite us with something that was, you know, there was no term for the web at that point. So I was thinking about these ideas for a long time. And I will tell you, when I say everything's free, I kind of came to that after having my films go through all the different models. So we raised money from investors. I've made films that way. I've been paid to do an original series. I've made it that way I've sold to schools where you're all day long my team was like sending invoices to the school and oh did you get the right license and no and then let me send you and I mean it was so much time and there was a funder that I talked to I was like listen we're, I like having a small team I should also say I'm a working mom I love I go to my film studio twice a week but I work from home but there have been periods in my life where I've managed gigantic teams and what I've figured out what works for me is the flexibility of being, you know, able to pick up my youngest three days a week and all that. Um, And I say that because there's lots of models to make films that happen in Los Angeles. That's definitely one I'd, I'd never want to do. But I went to a funder and I was like, we could either spend our time sending invoices and back and forth and back, or we could make impact. And I would like to offer this for free. So, you know, at a lot of schools, everyone's in a budget crunch um, what, what's your real goal to a funder? What do you really want to do? Do you want to make a bigger impact? Because I can scale your in- investment so much larger if I try this new model. Actually, I didn't know, it was an experiment at the time, but it sure did, because instead of them investing in one film that were like, you know, this is like one film that, you know, there was 133,000 groups signed up for Character day last, day last year. So the scale of the impact of their investment goes so much further. So. Um, I, that was a new model of, and also we're the only ones doing these Google days. So everyone has their screenings. They've got their discussion kits. Some are a thousand people, some are 300 people, some are 30 people, some are eight people in a lunch conference room. We, as Mm -hmm. we said, don't care. And we have speakers. We call our global live cast that are, you know, A-list speakers that happen all throughout the day that no matter where you are, you can listen to the speakers. And a lot of people are just individuals that are experiencing character day on their own, and they'll listen to the speakers. So we built this platform for bringing people together that unites live events, because I don't think anything replaces live events, but using the web to unite all these events all over the world in different time zones. So it's an exciting model. I mean, the scale is infinite. You know, this the expense does not go up the more people that do it, which is great, except for printing the discussion kits, but a lot of people download them, so that doesn't cost. So I'm very interested in experimenting with business models. And as a film, I have mm-hmm. a, I run a nonprofit, which is Let It Ripple. I also have a for-profit, the Moxie Institute, and I do for-profit films for that and my speaking through that. But it's been interesting because I think as a film director and producer, I, we've, we've done every different model. And to me, it's always, especially as I get older, how can I make more impact and work less? <laughs> I don't want to work more at this point. I just want to work smarter and have things go further.
0: It's it's funny you should say that. I was going to ask you this question a little later on, but um, I kind of wanted to turn the table on you and pose the question that you ask in your character day video, um, which is basically, what kind of person are you, and um, what do you want to be in the world? Yeah, I ask that I ask that question a
1: lot. I mean, I think I think if you're a curious person who's a seeker seeking that you should be asking that question a lot. Whenever I'm faced with some new opportunity or maybe something didn't happen that I hoped would happen, I kind of rethink, well, you know, what's the best use of my creativity and what I can contribute to the world? So I ask that question a lot because I haven't taken a normal path. You know, I have friends that are film directors in Hollywood and they're very frustrated because hardly any women... Directing film, and then, you know they're in my model, which is why I love the Bay Area. Well, don't try to fit into some old model; just invent a new one. Which is, Buckminster Fuller has this, and he said instead of trying to fight the models that exist, create new ones. Which has always been my M.O. And I think people that live in the Bay Area are very entrepreneurial and at my core, like, you know, daughter, wife, mother, in that order, because that's why I came into the world, and friend, um, and You know, engaged with my community and I think if you looked at all of my whatever 28 films most of them are short I've only made one feature but they all at their core are you know a striving to be the best versions of ourselves as humans or you know we all have our we're all works in progress that's our new tagline we're all works in progress which we are Mm -hmm. and we are you know, I love the idea of a lifelong learner, and there's always ways that you can push yourself and cultivate yourself and, um, for the greater good. It's interesting because, you know, some of my films, they wrestle a lot with technology, the good, the bad, and the potential. And then you mentioned the character day work, and then I have a lot of feminist Films, because I I feel really lucky that I'm a film director. Um, You know, I'm so grateful for my marriage, but really grateful that I live the life that I can live because certainly one generation ago, you know, my mother was a mom until she got her PhD. And in Marin in the 70s, almost everyone got divorced because a lot of women felt that was the only way they could have their careers. And then, you know, just two generations back, there was no way that my grandmother thought that she could really have a career. So I feel really Mm -hmm. lucky. Um, but I want to keep helping to push to for a more gender equitable world. So I feel like I, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility that comes with just being who I am. That I know have extraordinary parents. Like I said, they had a horrible divorce, but individually, they were extraordinary people. I think also being Jewish. I think there's that sense that you know so many of my family died in the Holocaust, and you're there. You better do something with your life. Mm-hmm yeah but i mean at my simplest core it's like i also just you know care about being a good mother and and wife and daughter and friend those are at the core
0: i love that well speaking of parenting i was going to ask you about that because i read i was reading an article or an interview with you and you said that your parent you you um you give your parents the credit for encouraging you to be everything that you are today and so i wanted to know like We, as parents, we all want that for our kids, right? So I was wondering if, like, maybe there was a secret sauce that your parents had and how maybe you apply it to your own parenting styles, especially as a career woman. It's hard. I mean, I
1: struggle a little because I really, I was supposed to be a surgeon. And my father bought me the book, The Making of a Woman Surgeon, four times. That really was, I was very good in math and science. And that was supposed to be my path. But no, at first I wanted to be an actor. And then when I realized there was not enough power there, I wanted to be a director. And there was a lot of fights there in college. Um, And then, so it wasn't like he was like, do whatever you want to (laughs) do. My mother was always like unconditional love. I think she was just very supportive and counteracting that intense like pressure to be a surgeon for my father. Um, But yet, you know, my father did come around when he saw me, you know, making films and doing the Webby Awards. And but I do struggle because it's like how much of me was it was like resisting and pushing so hard to do my own thing, pushing against what he wanted for me, and I do think about that. Um, and he was very demanding, like.
0: So what what worked was it the combination of the two? I mean, was... I
1: like I said. I mean, I'm kind of I was like there are definitely moments as a parent where I I thought. I thought I would be more, you know, where, you know, I fortunate, knock on wood, but my girls are very, you know, they're really into school and they get a lot of pleasure out of it. The technology background has, it's distinguished me as a filmmaker. You hear my friends in Hollywood, they're at the, the mercy of so many other people's decisions Mm -hmm. and I would hate that and the fact that I've had... The tech background has always, first of all, I mean, even with the global days, that was just me using my experience with the Webby Awards and applying it to film. So I'm really grateful that I had that kind of unique background. So I think I will continue to push with my husband, our children, to have a unique perspective. But I think one of the best things that we've done as parents is we're almost... At a decade of turning off all, you know, we turn off, we don't use our technology from Friday night to Saturday night. And we call it our tech Shabbats, and I'm actually writing a book about that right now. Because that's probably been the most profound good thing I think we've been doing in parenting as the society feels like it's spinning out of control with the technology. And, you know, every Friday night we have people over for Shabbat. I'm not a religious person, but I love Shabbat. I'm like, that's the most beautiful tradition that the Jews ever came up with. Mm-hmm and we, all the screens go off, and then on Saturday, we use a landline if there's a phone call, and we read, and we do art, and we're just together as a family, and then, and then we go back on Saturday night. But as society becomes more and more wired in every way, and I, and I see so many teenagers that have, there's so many issues around the technology. Yeah. I feel like it's inoculated them, it's grounded them. Every week, we all get grounded, and it, we, have to, we do it as a family. And that's a really key part of it. We're all off technology for a day every week and it just gives you perspective. It gives you, I think, time to be grateful and be in the moment and all these things that I think our society is really lacking right now. My whole life has been so immersed in tech. I love it so much and also I also hate it so much. Yeah. I just was cleaning, we we're cleaning out the garage and there was like this big sign from when I was running the web. It's so like, I love it. I love technology. I hate technology. I love technology. <laughs> I mean, technology is us. It is an extension of who we are. We created it. And mm-hmm. I think people talk about it too much. Like it's not, like it's some this other thing that's happening to us, but it's us and we have control and we have agency. And I think people need to remember that and use i mean these tools are amazing i mean they can amplify so many things your sight your brain your these global days are so exciting to me but there's so many things that they should not be used for
0: i wanted to ask you about parenting and hmm. are you raising child raising your daughters as feminists oh yeah and what that looks like, and, you know, you're going to have half, obviously, people with boys, and how do they loop them into this whole well, yeah, that's an important and-
1: conversation. Yeah, with boys, too, because my one of my co-founders, two of my co-founders are 50-50-day 50, 50 have boys, and we talk about it a lot. But as far as, um, I, I think parenting, 90% of parenting is modeling behavior. Um, so, you know, they're brought up to watch, see a very 50-50 household. It's not like it's exactly 50-50 all the time, but they both know that both of our careers are important and we tag team a lot, my husband and I. Um, and so, and I talk, you know, we took them to the march in D.C. Didn't, I really wanted to take him to the heart of what was happening. And it was amazing to just see uh, our older daughter just light up with just getting how big it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I talk to them a lot. I think just, but seeing them, seeing me live my life, and the fil- I do make a lot of films that talk about the history of feminism because I think a lot of people have lost context. So, um, but in terms of raising them, you know, at our Shabbat table every Friday night, we always have people over, and they're at the table, and it's not like a kids' table. They're like talking to professors, and we always have one discussion. There's no like kid discussion and parent discussion. We keep it to one discussion the whole Shabbat dinner. And they feel very comfortable having a seat at the table, there's no question. And I think those weekly dinners with really interesting people that they're engaging with is also a part of that. Um, but in terms of having boys, talking to boys just as much as girls, like, how are you gonna mix the career you wanna do with raising a family? Like, those aren't normally questions you talk to young boys about, but, you know, having, I think that I certainly know that my generation of, you know, the, my friends, husbands, and certainly Ken, there's such much more participatory fathers. And even though my dad was an amazing dad, he never changed a diaper. He was like in the emergency room and that took precedent over everything And uh, as a doctor. And uh, that's totally changed. I mean, not for everyone, but at least in the Bay Area. Yeah. <laughs> in our circle. And I love that. I mean, I think I'm excited to see this next generation and also all my friends that are gay or Trans or you know, they're growing up in this whole other environment too of questioning gender and was a woman and became a man and I think those conversations are really interesting too because they call into question all these gender stereotypes mm-hmm. and um, Yeah, so I, I'm in really interested and excited about this next generation
0: coming up yeah. um, I'm pretty excited about the future generation.
1: Yeah, I mean I I was at a talk last week with Stuart Brand You know, he's a he lives in also was great. He started the whole earth catalog back in the day mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm always interested to see how people answer that are older, you know, what what do you think about today? Are you still optimistic? You know, I'm always like waiting to hear. That it. was a
0: question I was going to ask you, actually. <laughs> well, I'm
1: concerned. I mean, I do believe that progress is two steps forward, one step back. And that is how progress works if you look throughout history. But I really, I mean, I... Just happened to watch the "Yes We Can" video that for Obama's campaign, that was made when he was running the first time, just because of research for another project, and I literally started tearing. I I was watching that because we felt like we were on such a precipice of this whole new era
0: hmm
1: And look at where we are right now. I mean, <laughs> a combo word.
0: I'm gonna have to spell that. Now.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a We uh, we've used both, but I like that. Optimistic with a healthy dose of skepticism on just yeah.
0: I guess that's the way we should always be, because especially after the two thousand sixteen election Yeah, don't be too optimistic yeah. you're not a
1: realist and what's I, going on. And
0: yeah. Speaking of which I, I read that you were invited to advise um, at the time Secretary Hillary Clinton, yeah, about uh, the internet and technology, and I was just wondering um, what was that like and um, unfortunately, she wasn't elected president, which we all thought would, was going to happen, but yeah. um, where do you, especially playing into the fifty fifty thing as well, um, where do you see women women's paths in the mm-hmm. future?
1: Well I, I mean, okay, so the first part of the question. Being invited to advise Secretary Clinton at that time was such a surreal, fabulous experience. It was at the State Department. There was about, I don't know, 10 people invited, like the founder of Jack Dorsey from Twitter, Eric Schmidt from Google. You know, I was one of the only women, that's often the case in the tech world, but we were all invited to a dinner to advise um, the secretary on our thoughts about the internet. And this was right before she was giving this big speech on... Uh, the internet and freedom of expression, and it was very powerful to be in a room where you're using Paul Revere China and it was, <laughs> it was amazing. and they sat me right across from her. You know It was a long table of mostly guys and and, and some amaz- Anne Marie Slaughter, who I mentioned earlier, amazing women that were in her cabinet. Um, it was amazing, So that was that. But um, you know, I think I think such a beautiful result of that march, Is that the record number of women are running than ever in history? I mean, I have one of my best friends is doing a series on first women running. Um, The increase, uh, there's a program called Emerge that trains women running and never been more. So, I mean, I just love this idea that women rose and they're running. And, you know, I've never wanted to run. and, And I have been asked and I some thinking and i really came to that's not where my best use of my superpowers in this world but i love supporting a lot of women and i love this surge that's happening right now i have another friend that's making a film called surge and who i have a call with it too so about this very documentary feature-length documentary so i'm very excited and whatever you know sometimes it maybe it takes this i mean you couldn't have written a more horrible villain in a movie Then, oh isn't it true I mean it was like as if all <laughs> the screenwriters we got together and said let's oh, just create no one's going to believe this this guy's going to be so he's going to say the worst things he's going to be so he's going to be horrible you, you can't even write this character and that's what they wrote but the, if sometimes it takes a unified enemy, you know it takes someone that bad to really push women or people to this next level maybe this is the next level and, and for me I mean it's redefining what it means to be a politician, what it means to be a CEO, because I don't want to be working all, 24-7 and not being with my kids. So the more you get that critical mass of women in politics as CEOs, then you're finally going to start to see the infrastructure shift, which is that to be a successful CEO doesn't mean that you're on a plane all the time, or if you're a politician doesn't mean that you're gone from your kids all the time, because that's just not going to work for me, and it's not going to work mm-hmm. for a lot of women, so we need to change the whole infrastructure.
0: Yeah. So, because um, I know your time is short, but I wanted to ask you, yeah. um, in your last newsletter that I got, you yeah. talked about a conference called IPEN. Oh, and yeah. I also wanted it, yeah. to talk to you about the um, um, Ambassador... Program for Character Day that's coming up on I think it was June twenty sixth.
1: Yeah, there's an Ambassador Day. Is there a call that's happening? Yeah, because unbe- my director of partnerships was running that, but yeah, Ipen is. Is this- that
0: for kids as well? Like, is that for all oh. ages, or is
1: that for kids? God, that's a great question. No, but it should be. Um, okay, note to Mackenzie. Okay, so your first <laughs> question was um, Ipen. So that stands for it's an International Festival of Positive Education. And I went two years ago where each day I kind of showed one of my Character Day films. So The Science of Character, The Making of a Mensch, The Adaptable Mind, and I hadn't made 30,000 days yet. But this year we're going to, we just finished this big research report with the University of Pennsylvania who looked at all the places that did Character Day and did a research report on what we've learned, what people want more, they want more year-round programming. 90% 90% felt changed by doing Character Day. They all these great results. And also things that we learned that we could do better. So we're going to present the research. And then I'm also doing something I'm calling Spoken Cinema, where I'm live narrating my film on stage. Something new I'm doing. Because I give so many talks, and I usually narrate my movies, so this is kind of merging that all together. And I'm really excited. So it's like a live theater experience of a movie. It's like unpacking layers. So that happens in June. The Ambassador Program was a program that Um, our director of partnerships and engagement started where we have these like super supporters where they'll get an entire school district signed up for character day they'll do so we thought let's get all these like-minded people from all over the world in a facebook group and it's very active and she does calls once a month because they're all doing things that the others should know about and it's our our ambassador program for character day and um, but I love your idea about doing one for kids because there's always the super ambassadors kids, too. But this is mostly for the organizers of the events.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, so what what's uh, every year there's something new for character day? Yeah. Um, and it's always based on sometimes it's based on like the latest and current technologies or trends yeah. or so what's going to be new this year? Well,
1: we a couple things. We um, we're actually usually we'll have a new film, and this time we're actually going to propose that people watch Connected, which is the film that kind of started these global days. We've never offered it before, and we're going to offer it for free. Um, And it's a feature documentary, and then we'll have our whole suite of films. Then we're offering some new films from partners, Um, and then every year we also have a new lineup of speakers, and then something we knew we did for 50 50 day which we're definitely going to do from character day because we keep learning from each one of these and then applying it as it was really wonderful because we normally we just had speakers all throughout the day that people could listen to but for 50 50 day we lined up the most exciting events so from kenya or the empire state building or you know la or silicon valley like the coolest events and we are on live with them for five minutes so you really get a sense of the globalness of the day and what's happening. So we're definitely going to do that for Character Day this year. So it really, you know, Character Day is a hard thing to get your arms around. It's like, wow, there's that many events happening in this many countries. But when you start seeing people, their events on the screen next to a great speaker, and it really starts to shape and show you the power of this many people coming together.
0: Yeah, and on a a global scale, it's just, it's amazing. Yeah, all
1: the different languages. It's very fun to see people... All over the world, talking about these universal ideas.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so great talking to you. Yeah, I'm so sure excited. I I wish we could have it's, got
1: together. Yeah, finally. And you know, I'm, it's so nice. I'm in a period where I can. I'm glad we had the time to do this. And, I am
0: too. Yeah, I'm and too, I love your. I
1: love your. I love your list, and I love your site. It's such a great service Thank for you. the Bay Area and Moran. And,
0: it is. A, it's like you said. It's like the labor of love that we do, isn't it? And yeah, I, I think that maybe. Well, as you can see, I could talk to Tiffany all day. She's creative, inspiring, and someone I've admired for a long time. I'm thrilled she took the time to sit down with me to talk. For more information about Tiffany and Character Day on September 26, visit her online at letitripple.org or moxieinstitute.org. This is Ronnie from Ronnie's Awesome List. Thank you for listening.